Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Joe Francis, where are you, honey? I'm in jail. If there's one thing for certain about the Kardashian family, it's that they're pretty much never gonna go away. Misstep after misstep, wrong decision after wrong decision, they continue to prevail. And if there's another thing we can be certain about with the most famous influencer family in the world, except for maybe the royal family, I guess, it's that they love other unstoppable companies and people. From their relationship with one of the most atrocious people I've covered on this channel, founders of Girls Gone Wild, Joe Francis, just FYI, to the bizarre super church with the notoriously controversial Kanye West, the Kardashians just love giving notoriety to everything and anyone that should have been stopped decades ago. Now they're doing it again, bringing Dolce & Gabbana back to life with their resounding stamp of approval. And sure, D&G has been accused of any and all things, including racism, homophobia, and of course, cyberbullying 26-year-olds for no real reason. But does any of that matter to the Kardashians? Well, of course not. Instead, Courtney and the family have bound together to ensure that Dolce & Gabbana will hold on to their uncancelable reputation for the rest of time. When Courtney and Travis got married earlier this year, the pictures that appeared were virtually one massive D&G ad. Every single person in the family donned the fashion empire's clothing and the brand shot back up in popularity. Seemingly immediately, everyone forgot about the company's various missteps, like using black women as earrings, selling slave sandals, or calling Sir Elton John a fascist when he critiqued the two founders for their abysmal opinion of same-sex couples having children through IVF. Because who could ever remember those things with the company hosting this happy event? Even the Kardashians seem to have forgotten that they were also victims of Stefano Gabbana's unhealthy obsession with bullying celebrities for no reason. He called the Kardashian clan the cheapest people in the world under a family picture on Instagram. All has seemingly been forgiven though, and the Kardashians have banded together to make the rest of the world forget about D&G's misdeeds. And we are here in Milan at the Dolce & Gabbana offices prepping for the Kim Dolce & Gabbana show. Even Kim has joined in on the fun, becoming a new spokesperson for the company, donning Marilyn Monroe-esque looks plastered all over their website and a variety of t-shirts. It is entirely possible that the whole of the Kardashian branding for the company has been done for one true purpose, to distract the world and rebrand the company's public image. But all it's done for me is make me want to take a closer look. So what are Dolce & Gabbana trying to hide or, you know, make us forget. We want to be free. It's very expensive, but the freedom is the best. How has the internet changed the way you work as designers? The the new generation changed everything. This, it it becomes from the new people, the new generation. But the, the world changed. Hello and welcome to the Corporate Casket. 
I'm the Illuminati, and today we're going to be discussing the notoriously problematic Dolce & Gabbana fashion house. Sure, they claim their clothes costing anywhere from $400 for a belt to a whopping $25,000 for a jacket are just pure art. Everything they sell is meant to be enjoyed by the wealthiest, the most sophisticated, and the classiest of people. But the class of the brand itself or its owners seems to be missing. Instead, they seem to be just straight trash, spewing unwarranted criticisms at everything they can and making misstep after misstep all over the darn place. Let's start out with one of their most obvious issues, overt racism. Imagine scrolling on a website, doing a little window shopping when you come across some brightly colored sandals. The first thing you might think is, holy shit, over $2,000 is a wild amount of money to spend on some gaudy sandals with multicolor pom-poms. But after that initial shock wears off, you notice something else, the name. And that's right, these loud, outrageously expensive sandals were titled slave sandals with no explanation or reasoning. In 2016, countless people were met with this shocking revelation when Dolce & Gabbana dropped the sandals on their website for pre-order as a piece in their Declaration of Love to Italy collection. The interesting thing was that this name only appeared on the title of the items. Under it, the description read, Bianca Flat Sandals, And the same shoes sold on Saks Fifth Avenue and Moda Operandi avoided using the shockingly insulting name. The company quickly changed the name to Decorative Flat Sandal on their website, but as you know, the internet lives forever and the picture of the opulent sandals with the title Slave live on in infamy. Maybe it's possible that this was some sort of mistake, although I can't seem to find a way that you mistype that in the title. Maybe it was some sort of fashion throwback, like are those actually what those type of sandals used to be called way back when? I'm not sure, but now they're usually called gladiator sandals. Still, considering Dolce & Gabbana's presence in the fashion industry, you'd think that they would know the name officially changed like decades ago for good reason. If this was the first time or maybe even the only time the company had done something problematic, I might be more inclined to chalk it up as a seriously concerning misstep. However, not only is this not the first time, but it's not even close. Four years earlier, they decided to do something outrageously stupid and, you know, exploitative as well. During the debut of the 2013 luxury collection on the runway, everything seemed to be going great. There were burlap sack dresses, which please stop bringing them into style, I beg of you, and pretty headscarves coming down the runway on fabulous models. Then people took a closer look and specifically a closer look at their ears. As the white skinny models came sauntering down the runway, they donned black women wearing headdresses and traditional jewelry as their earrings. As Refinery29 so elegantly put it, the insensitive jewelry, and I quote, rested heavily on the laurels of a long lost colonial era, complete with all the cartoonish, debasing subaltern imagery that would make even your politically incorrect grandpa think twice. I feel like at this point, this really shouldn't have to be said, but Considering companies just keep making the same mistakes, I'm just going to say this anyways. Black people are not accessories. They're not an accessory for a white musician wanting to branch out to their fan base or make a spontaneous comeback. And I'm kind of looking at you on this one, Miley Cyrus. They're not your accessory for Halloween and they are certainly not your accessory for a pair of earrings. Stop using people as fashion. I feel like that is common sense, but yet I just had to say that all the same it really doesn't matter what the excuse is because there's really no reason to be doing it in the first place. Especially when that fashion item depicts an old caricature reminiscent of lawn jockeys or Aunt Jemima. 
After days of multiple news sources calling out the problematic earrings, the massive fashion house responded by releasing a statement on their personal website, swide.com, explaining the decision to include the earrings in the collection. They say the historical and cultural context called blackamores was beautiful artifacts, and they are very common all over Sicily, the place that inspired the design. It wasn't meant to be exploitative, they say. Rather, it was meant to pay respect and show their love for the classic pieces of art present in Italian culture. And while I do understand paying homage to your culture and you know, don't fully claim to understand the deep historical concept of what it might be representing, I still can't condone it being used as an accessory. Maybe choose a different artifact to pay homage to, one that doesn't exploit people. But using unnecessary references to cultures and exploiting folks seems to be the company's favorite pastime. If the sandals and the earrings were not enough for you, then there's also the racist marketing campaign sent out shortly before Dolce & Gabbana was meant to have a fashion show in Shanghai. This time, it was not paying homage to a culture that was the problem. It was actually making fun of it. Just a short time before the great show in Shanghai was scheduled to take place on November 21st, 2018, the fashion house decided to perform a little social media marketing. And that's not a terrible idea. Social media does run the world after all. But the campaign didn't go all to plan. Over the course of three terribly insensitive videos, Dolce & Gabbana seemed to insult Chinese culture in every way possible. The ad campaign showed an Asian woman donning the company's clothing and accessories, attempting to eat Italian foods like pizza, a massive cannoli and spaghetti. In the background, a voice gives the woman instructions in a seemingly mocking tone, at one point even saying, and I quote, "'Let's use these small stick-like things to eat our great pizza, Margarita.'" All while the actress is laughing and traditional Chinese music plays on in the background, it is truly a bizarre ad. Each video released seemed worse than the last, mocking Chinese culture and showing absolutely no respect for the people who, by the way, make up about one third of Dolce & Gabbana's sales. Like seriously, calling chopsticks stick-like things, giving a woman a giant ass cannoli just so you can mock her use of chopsticks? What the fuck is wrong with you? And rightfully so, the ads came with near immediate outrage and calls for a boycott of the fashion show and the company as a whole. The Chinese social media app Weibo blew up with comments with one writer stating, that's explicit racism. DNG's stereotyping China, the videos only show the brand's outdated view about China. After about 24 hours of these ads being live, Dolce & Gabbana removed the videos, but they couldn't breathe a sigh of relief yet or hope that maybe they were going to avoid a massive PR meltdown because a short while later, Instagram DM screenshots were leaked that shocked and infuriated basically everybody. The screenshots show a disgusting conversation allegedly between Stefano Gabbana and Diet Prada on Instagram, which is an Instagram account that routinely exposes controversies and scandals in the fashion world. In it, Stefano goes on an outrageously racist rant, repeatedly saying the Chinese people are inferior and that they quote, eat dogs. He defends the atrocious video saying that he would have kept them up, but quote, my office is stupid as the superiority of the Chinese. Basically, the entirety of the conversation was just trashy, disgusting, racist, and just comment after comment, it just gets worse and worse and worse. As you might rightfully expect, the internet immediately exploded. The hashtag boycott Dolce was trending throughout social media and pretty much every model involved announced that they would not be participating in the upcoming show. Even the Chinese government actually stepped in, canceling the event hours before it was supposed to take place. 
And yeah, that's the type of thing that happens when you call an entire country shit and repeatedly insult their people, culture, and you know, just the whole of the country. But Dolce and Gabbana claimed that this was all just one massive misunderstanding. And yes, there are video blunders. That was pretty much all of them that you could put into a small series of ads though. There's really no denying that. The horrifically racist conversation between Stefano and the Diet Prada account was the result of a hack. At least that's what they claim. They say it's not real. The official company Instagram released a statement that read, our Instagram account has been hacked. So has the account of Stefano Gabbana. Our legal office is urgently investigating. We are very sorry for any distress caused by these unauthorized posts. We have nothing but respect for China and the people of China. And certainly it's very possible that their accounts had been hacked, but the last part of the statement, I'm gonna call bullshit there because it's demonstrably untrue. You literally just got in trouble for disrespecting China and its people even before the supposed hack took place. So I'm sorry, but I just think you're lying. That's my opinion, of course. Even the hack seemed a little difficult to believe, by the way, just considering all of the other times Stefano Gabbano has made outrageous insensitive, and horrific comments about different people and communities. He and his business partner have a habit of speaking out of turn and insulting anyone and everyone that they feel like. In fact, Stefano seems a little proud of himself for being an asshole too. I mean, the pair even insulted Elton John, like Elton John. She have a, a fashion shop. And the same thing, we start, we start the private relation. We live in the same house, in one small room. This life, we, I remember with the, one of the best my beautiful time. It's full of the energy, passion. Dolce & Gabbana met one night during the boom of Milan fashion in the early 1980s. They were the first male designers in Italy to come out as a couple in 1999. And at the time, their announcement made headlines. This was a revolutionary moment in Italian fashion where LGBTQ relationships were widely criticized and often ostracized by society. So it almost comes as no shock that when over a decade later in an interview with Italian magazine Panorama, the pair came out with some horrifying statements regarding same-sex couples and children. When discussing families, Domenico Dolce said something that left many who read it feeling particularly angered. He said, I am not convinced by those I call children of chemicals, synthetic children, rented uterus, semen chosen from a catalog. And yeah, um, I think it's kind of understandable that calling a child synthetic is certainly not the way to do it and is kind of disgusting. Stefano seemed to back up his former romantic partner turned business partner saying that family wasn't a fad. Gabbana had already made clear that he was not a fan of same-sex families almost a decade earlier, saying that he was opposed to children having gay parents and that quote, a child needs a mother and a father. To him, it was cruel to raise a child without a mother. Even he himself had considered having children previously in his life, but he decided against it, believing that it would be wrong to devoid a child of a mother. First things first, just fuck this guy. Obviously, this coming from two gay men, especially two gay men who made such a huge splash in the fashion industry was beyond disappointing. And soon, Sir Elton John decided to step up and speak out against the two. Now, you may or may not know, but Elton John and his husband have two children through IVF. So these types of statements inherently cut deep. The massive star immediately took to Instagram to condemn the two fashion icons saying, how dare you refer to my beautiful children as synthetic and shame on you for wagging your judgmental little fingers at IVF, a miracle that has allowed lesions of loving people, both straight and gay to fulfill their dream of having children. 
He goes on to call the pair's stance on the subject archaic and out of touch. Laughably, just like their fashions, he adds, and just saying, you really need to fuck up if you get Elton John to be mean to you. And to be fair, they definitely deserved it. The music legend was quickly joined by others who insisted yet again that people boycott Dolce & Gabbana. Of course, D&G decided to try and clap back at Elton John, calling him a fascist in a comment. Then Gabbana went on a little social media tirade calling pretty much everyone that insisted people boycott the brand racist dictators who just didn't agree with his opinion. But you know, racist dictators. And listen, Gababy, sorry, must have something in my throat, Gabbana. People being mad at you for insulting thousands of people and their children has nothing to do with them not agreeing with your opinion. Like your opinion's literally trash. It's backwards. It's demonstrably inaccurate and it's disgusting. Of course, after realizing that, hey, saying this type of shit is leading to a major backlash for the company and not getting the resounding applause I'm sure they thought they were going to get, they started to backtrack just a hair. And don't worry, they claimed, they were just talking about their way of seeing reality. They never intended to judge people. They believe in democracy and freedom after all. All should be well. And do you notice something missing here? Because there's just one little word that people usually say after they mess up. And the word is, sorry. Yeah, they they didn't use that word. Instead, the statement read more like a person gaslighting you, I'm sorry you feel that way kind of shit. Like it wasn't a real apology. So clearly I don't think they cared. It would actually take a couple more months for the pair to actually apologize in a Vogue interview. After some soul searching, Dolce says he came to the realization that what he said was inappropriate and that it was wrong of him to use baby labels. And seriously, that's, that's like what he says. It's wrong of him to use baby labels. Of course, he loves when people are happy and science has made that possible for countless people who weren't able to have children before. Even with the apology though, there is something just deeply upsetting about two gay men coming out against same-sex marriages and those families who have kids. It gives an extra sense of notoriety to those who are against it. And sadly, no amount of apologies can really take that away. Unfortunately, this would not even be close to the last time that the pair would horribly offend people and their feud with celebrities seems to go far beyond just Elton John. Because Gabbana seems to rather enjoy bullying people, no matter who they might be. Uh, but the, the world changed. So now the, the new generation changed. Everything from this, it, it become from a new people, the new generation. And it changed a lot. If you think we are a special, very, 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 we were so jealous about the job. And in the 2004 or 2005, and we say, listen, we need to change. We need to open everything. When Gabbana called Elton John a fascist, it felt like a typical response for those who are in the wrong, but refusing to admit fault. We sadly have seen it time and time again. But Gabbana doesn't just stick to simply lashing out. Sometimes he says things simply to be a bully too. A few years ago, the Catwalk Italia posted a collage of Selena Gomez in multiple gorgeous red dresses, asking users to pick their favorite Selena look. In the comments, most of the replies were normal. Users chose their favorite outfits as instructed. Sure, there's always a few trolls that say mean things or random words that make no sense in the context. This is Instagram after all. But what no one expected was a comment that suddenly appeared from Gabbana, who by the way, 55 year old man, not 12, despite the way he acts, who decided to just comment, she's so ugly. And what was the point of this? Are we really out here cyberbullying a 20 something year old? And why? And of course the selenators, 
Gomezites, the Seleners maybe? Well, her fans came leaping to the star's aid, calling Gabbana out for his completely unnecessary and unwarranted comments. Then Tommy Dorfman, who is an actor on Selena's show, 13 Reasons Why, decided to jump in stating, you're tired and over. Your homophobic, misogynistic, body shaming existence will not thrive in 2018. It is no longer tolerable or chic. Please take many seats. Under normal circumstances, it's messed up for anyone, but also, you know, a 55 year old man to be cyberbullying a 26 year old Selena. But also a certain Selena who has been extremely open about comments online and how it mentally impacts her and how she's even made the decision to no longer look on social media to protect herself. And then to still go ahead and leave that type of comment, it's kind of just extra fucked. Still, good old Stefano just can't help himself. His history of body shaming is vast and also he's not really ashamed to admit it. In 2017, D&G debuted some shoes on the runways that had the words thin and gorgeous written inside. Not shockingly, there were no plus size models present at the show. And when people started to point out the shoes and the writing thin and gorgeous, it was, you know, kind of a horrible thing to do and yada, yada, yada. He responded the only way he knows how to, which is on Instagram. On Instagram, he replied to comments saying some horrifically fat phobic things like, darling, you prefer to be fat and full of cholesterol? I think you have a problem. And you think is better to be fat full of hamburgers? Stupid. Listen, I know body shaming and shit has been like deeply ingrained into the fashion industry. I get it. Trust me, I do. But if in 2017, you're still going through Instagram as a whole old man posting things like this, then you're either just incredibly out of touch or a bad person in general, and those are not mutually exclusive. Considering all of the other stuff that has been said by him, I'm kind of leaning towards the second one, just bad person in general. Now, every once in a blue moon, Stefano Gabbana actually seems to be kind, which is kind of confusing. The only problem is he's kind to all the wrong people. While he seems to excitedly call music icons fascist or ugly, he holds none of the same energy for questionable people like Melania Trump. Every time she is seen strutting through the world in a DNG outfit, Stefano seems to proudly display it all over his favorite social media platform. This again, made multiple people call for a boycott of the brand. So what are we at now? Four, four times at least. Now in this particular instance though, Dolce and Gabbana seemed to relish in their naysayers insults, releasing a shirt and entire ad campaign that showed boycott Dolce and Gabbana with a heart on the t-shirts. The video that went along with it also kind of rubs me the wrong way. It depicts a massive protest with everyone donning the new shirt. And I don't know why, but something about it seems eerily similar to the Jenner-Pepsi debacle, like we're making fun of or minimizing the importance of protests around the country. Something about that will just never sit well with me. Maybe instead of selling ha-ha funny boycott t-shirts, the company could just be more considerate of what they sell, say, and do. You know, then they wouldn't have to make silly little funny goofy commercials to make themselves feel better, but I digress. So. Dolce and Gabbana have said and done pretty much everything wrong when it comes to general social etiquette. You know, don't make fun of people, bully anyone, or use people as accessories. But it's not just society that has been subject to the missteps of DNG, it's also the government. It turns out paying taxes might not have been their thing for quite some time either. Whoops. Today's episode is sponsored by PayPal Honey. Holiday shopping is upon us. And when it's time to find a really nice gift for someone, friends, family, whoever, 
getting a nice coupon code is a little extra present for you and your wallet too. And thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. All you have to do is do your shopping like normal and at checkout, the Honey button drops down and all you have to do is click apply coupons, wait a few seconds as it searches. And if it finds a working coupon, you'll watch it apply the coupon and prices will start dropping. I decided this year for my parents, which hopefully they're not watching this episode, um, I decided to get them this cute little like map pushpin board of like the, the whole world as a map. And that way they can like take little pins and pin like where they want to travel to and where they've gone. So they can like have this just, I don't know, cute map. I thought it was really cute. You might think it's tacky, whatever. Anyway, the point is though, when I went to checkout, Honey was right there and got me $10 off. So thank you so much for that, Honey. So if you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out on holiday deals. It's literally free and installs in just a few seconds. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting the show. And I'd never recommend something that I don't use. So get PayPal Honey for free at joinhoney.com casket. Again, that's joinhoney.com casket. Your hair is unique. So your hair care should be too. Function of Beauty makes products that are 100% customizable with ingredients designed and formulated to meet your specific hair goals. And Function of Beauty is the world's first fully customizable hair care that creates individually filled shampoos, conditioners, styling products, and treatment formulas based on your specific hair type. Function of Beauty offers 54 trillion possible formulations, and each one is vegan and cruelty-free with no sulfates or parabens. And you can go completely silicone-free too. All you do is take the hair quiz designed to build your hair profile and select up to five hair goals. Next, choose your color and fragrance or go dye and fragrance free, which is what I recently did. And honestly, it's kind of refreshing, not gonna lie. Then you get your freshly filled formula delivered straight to your door and prepare for good hair days ahead. They even offer discounts and benefits when you subscribe. Start giving your hair the personalized care it needs. Go to functionofbeauty.com casket to take your hair goals quiz and you'll save 20% on your first order when you subscribe. No commitments and you can cancel anytime. Again, that's functionofbeauty.com casket to let them know you heard it from the show and get 20% off your first order. functionofbeauty.com casket to take your hair quiz and save 20% on your first order on the tax that I can use, how, you know, what's the situation at the moment? Were you angry? What, no, angry, what do no. you think? Everybody know we are innocent. We are here, we are strong, we work. And tomorrow is another day. You don't know what's happening tomorrow. <laughs> no, go with the wine. <laughs> would, would you ever consider leaving Italy? No. no. We love Italia. The obligation of paying taxes never seems to hit home or be one of the utmost important things when it comes to fashion designers. In fact, hearing that a fashion designer has been found guilty of tax fraud or evasion is less than surprising. In fact, almost every famous Italian designer was caught in the mid 1990s for paying off tax inspectors, including Giorgio Armani and Santo Versace. Even Steve Madden spent time in prison for stock fraud charges. But the one thing that continues to shock pretty much everyone is the astoundingly short amount of time designers have spent paying for these crimes. Of course, Dolce & Gabbana is part of that running list. In 2012, they were accused by Italian authorities of tax fraud after they sold their brand to a holding company in 2004 to avoid corporate taxes. According to Italian prosecutors, the designers owed over $400 million in taxes. If they were to be found guilty, they could have been sentenced to five years in prison. 
As the trial began, the pair of designers loudly proclaimed their innocence, announcing that they were doing their best to pretend the charges against them simply just didn't exist. But after the trial, this strategy seemed impossible to keep up. On June 19th, 2013, an Italian judge found both Domenico Dolce and Stefano Gabbano guilty of tax evasion and sentenced the pair to one year and eight months in jail, a much shorter sentence than the three years suggested by the prosecutors originally. The couple got some good news though. The judge soon decided that DNG would be cleared of additional charges, claiming they'd lied about company earnings to the Italian government. And for this, they celebrated. Their lawyers released a statement that read in part, "'With great satisfaction, we acknowledge that for the second time, a judge of the Milan court has reiterated once more the absolute innocence because the allegations are untrue of Mr. Domenico Dolce and Mr. Stefano Gabbana of the accusation of having unfaithfully declared the earnings.'" It goes on to say that the trial and the charges themselves were a paradox and claims that Dolce and Gabbana were being charged with paying taxes for an amount of money that was more than double what they earned. It claimed that the two did not have the amount of money they were being fined because they had never earned it. The entire statement honestly is kind of bizarre. Never does it mention the prison sentence or the fact that someone not having the available funds to cancel a fine does not necessarily mean that they couldn't have possibly made that amount. People could spend the money, It just seems like a rather lame defense to me, but I guess, what do I know? I'm not a lawyer. Of course, the pair of designers went on their way as appeal after appeal took place. Eventually, it did seem to work out in their favor. In 2014, the Supreme Court in Italy decided to overturn their original conviction and drop the 18 month sentence. After multiple trials to overturn their convictions, getting convicted again, just for it to be overturned again, the pair were finally free. Nothing was truly answered about why they decided to spontaneously sell the brand off in 2004 though. No one really got the answer to whether or not they had officially paid their taxes. But either way, they successfully avoided prison. And from what I can tell, avoided owing any extra money to the Italian government too. Of all the scandals with the owners and the company itself, whether or not they pay their taxes seemed to be one of the least concerning in the public eye. The true concern comes from when they consistently participate in perpetuating racist stereotypes, homophobic comments, body shaming people, and bully young and old celebrities for virtually no reason. Dolce & Gabbana certainly seems uncancelable, and as the richest of the rich continue donning their luxurious and expensive clothing, there's really no reason to expect that they're going anywhere. They seem to enjoy upsetting people, and they will likely never learn their lesson. And why would they? When four or five calls for boycotts don't stick, there's no reason for them to believe that the next one will. Maybe they will calm down. Maybe there won't be another call for a boycott, but I wouldn't hold my breath. But with all of that being said, that's where I'm going to end today's episode of The Corporate Casket. I hope you learned something new today. And if you did, make sure that you're liking, following, and subscribing to stay up to date on all the latest episodes. Again, thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. I really do appreciate it. And I look forward to seeing you in the next one. Bye.